Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we are glad that you've joined us. Please follow us on Instagram at Sean Gaby at KC Ottawa and or visit SeanGaby.com or KingdomCulture.ca for more engaging content around topics that we will be discussing. As well, we'd love it if you leave a review on this podcast as it helps boost our ability to get this content out to more people. Sometimes what you will be hearing will be live in front of an audience and sometimes more personal here in the studio. We will be releasing a Supernatural Leadership teaching the first Wednesday of every month, so make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can keep up to date with every episode. There are many great leadership podcasts out there, and truthfully, I love so many of them. So why Supernatural Leadership? Really, it's the difference between presence and principle. Often we are led by one or the other, but what if we can combine the two? where presence is the lead and principle is simply the associate. Principles can only take us so far, but when it comes to being led by the spirit, principles don't always work. It's so easy to turn principles into methods and Jesus did not lead this way. It was not by principle that Jesus healed the sick, raised the dead and cast out demons. It was by presence. Jesus did of course operate in principle. In fact, he lived by it but only as an overflow of being under the influence of the presence. John 5.19 quotes Jesus saying, I only do what I see my Father doing. The doing came from a place of being connected to the presence of the Father. The challenge is discerning what both of them actively look like in our lives. In this podcast, we will be exploring just that, along with activations and exercises to help us grow and mature in various areas of our spiritual life. Come along the journey with us. We will be talking about supernatural things in a relevant way, learning how to apply supernatural taboo topics of the kingdom to our lives. His presence changes everything. Why not let it change the way we lead as well? We are not saying by any means we are supposed to throw out the principles of leadership but to make sure the presence behind the principle remains front and center. When we get better, so does the world around us. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, where we are talking about going after a super God and living that out in a natural way. In this episode, we are going to talk about presence versus principle. As you heard in the introduction, we are talking about the difference and yet the marrying of both presence and principle. We have the presence of God and we have the principles of God. And we can only rely on principles to the degree we understand the purpose of the presence. This applies when it comes to advancing his kingdom on the earth. To understand this value, we really have to pray for a true yearning, desire, and passion for his presence. French writer, poet, and pioneering aviator Antoine de Saint-Exupéry quoted this, If you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to gather wood. Divide the work and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. In other words, if you want to do things right, if you want to do things God's way, We need to learn to have a heart and a passion and a desire to go after this super God, to go after his presence, to be passionately connected to understanding and living out the values of what it looks like to walk out 
in the presence of God in our everyday life. Jesus talking to the Jewish leaders as he was being harassed about Sabbath rules in John chapter 5, verse 19 to 20, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. It's so important that we understand that because Jesus lived out and modeled what it looked like to do from the presence of God, to only do what he saw, to only mimic. Simply, Jesus was a copycat of his father. And so are we to do the same. We are to look at and say, Jesus, what are you doing? God, what are you doing in this season? What are you doing in the situation? What are you doing in the circumstance? And I help me to represent that in this moment. That's the call of God for all of us. That is a great example as we begin this episode of what it looks like to pull from or live from the presence of God and not just principle. John 8 verse 38, Jesus also says, I'm telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your Father. In other words, we see it again. Jesus not only could do nothing on his own initiative in his own effort, he simply demonstrated or mimicked what he saw the father doing. He, everything that came out of Jesus's life was simply coming from the influence of the father's presence. Jesus was about his father's business, the agenda of heaven. And that's really what presence-driven leadership, supernatural leadership is all about. Now, I'm gonna give you uh, I'm talking about two different things, talking about presence, talking about principle today as sort of an intro to the why behind we're doing this podcast. And so I'm going to break it down a little bit, give you some examples, and uh, we're going to start with presence-driven leadership. What is presence-driven leadership? Well, presence-driven leadership is spirit-motivated, it's awareness-generated, and truth-oriented. Example. Through my relationship with Holy Spirit, I am motivated or persuaded to make a certain decision. It's divine. It's sovereign. flows from relationship. Like I'm persuaded to buy this specific house in this specific neighborhood. It may not be wise. It principally speaking may not be the best decision. Maybe a huge risk. Maybe the houses that surround the house that I'm looking to buy are not very good houses or good properties, thus making it not a financially good investment. But I really feel inspired by the Spirit. I feel pulled by His presence to invest and buy this property, despite the realities that potentially could go wrong. If I decide to buy that property when it makes no sense, because I feel that God is leading me to do it, the chances are something good is going to come out of it, even if it makes no sense. That's an example of spirit-led leadership or supernatural leadership, letting God lead our decisions rather than just logic or principle. Because principle would say, you know, you want to buy in an area where value is going up, not where value is going down. But hey, if God says it, if we learn to know the voice of God, which we will explore in this podcast, not this episode, but in future episodes, as we get to know the presence of God, we get to know his leadership in our life, listening to his voice. If we're inspired to buy that property, who knows five years from now, maybe that 
God, you know, God knew a developer would come in and, and redevelop that whole area. And five years from now, that property that you bought that you thought was principally not a good decision, all of a sudden now is tripled in value. You just don't know when God leads us, when God leads you in a decision like that, when it makes no sense, you just don't know the outcome. You don't know what's going to take place as a result. So that is an example of, of really, you know, presence-driven leadership as spirit-motivated. What I mean by awareness-generated is that although God is omnipresent, meaning everywhere in all things all the time, God is everywhere. He He really is. We we don't have to pray, you know, at, at dinner or lunch or breakfast for, for God to be with us. People often will, will say grace before a meal and they'll say, God, be with us or be with us in our decisions. Well, the reality of it is he's omnipresent. He's with you all the time. The, 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 the issue is not that he's not with us. The issue is that sometimes our awareness is not active and we're not just simply aware that he's always with us. He's omnipresent. So there are special moments in our lives where um, I'm not just believing the truth that he's with us, but I'm actually spiritually or maybe even physically aware of that truth. I'm aware that he is omnipresent. I'm aware that he's with me right now, not just in my mind, but I'm actually physically or spiritually con- I'm connecting in a real way, in a special way in this moment. Because of this, my heart is open in such a way that I'm able to lead and accomplish something in this moment that I would not have otherwise been able to without the awareness of his presence. It's so important that we develop an awareness. We develop a desire to to become more aware of his presence. And so when he shows up in a special way, not that he's not always with us, but sometimes he chooses to to get our attention in a more aggressive way. Sovereignly, he decides to just, you know, drop something very special in a moment. Maybe we're driving in the car on the on the on the highway, maybe we're hanging out with our family, and we just feel something's different about this moment. Well, in that moment, we're aware. And in those awareness moments, our leadership turns up because all of a sudden now, who knows, we may be led to do something, experience something that otherwise we would have not been led to do or experience because we were not aware. So there's an awareness that comes that generates what I would call a supernatural leadership in various situations, circumstances, or moments in our life. When talking about presence-driven leadership, I also mentioned that it's truth-oriented. Let me just give a little bit of context on this. We have Jesus who is the truth. We have his word. He speaks to us. And we have the written word that really is understood through our relationship with him that we are developing every day. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we see Jesus in the word, the more that's revealed to us as we read the word, talking about the Bible. There's something to be said about the fact that if you don't know God in relationship, the word for the most part is not going to make sense. But when we get to know God, all of a sudden, all the things that never made sense in reading the word begin to make sense because the word really is a representation of who he is, what his nature is like. And when we begin to read it in context, we begin to see things we've never seen before. And there's layers upon layers of truth to transform us as we dive into the word. So the word is truth. Jesus is truth. And and I was saying that presence-driven leadership is truth-oriented. When we stand on the truth 
and we stand in our leadership in life in various areas of life, whether it's family, whether it's career, whether it's our, you know, our, our, our in various relationships, when we stand by the truth and we orient ourselves through the truth of his word, the truth of who he is, it allows us to pull on the benefits that come because of the truth. The Bible says that the truth will set us free. Well, the reality of it is, unless we apply the truth, there's no freedom. We can say we know a truth, but if we apply it within our leadership, within family contexts, within our job or career, when we apply the truth, freedom happens. And when freedom happens, we begin to operate as the leader we were always called to operate as. And in the case that I'm talking about right now, it's presence driven. Now let's just dive into principle for a second. We're going to dive into what is principle driven leadership. But before we do that, let me just give you a working definition for principle, a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. Usually it's a rule of a rule or belief governing one's behavior. And so we understand that we are all called to live by principle. And I'm not talking and saying in this in this episode that we need to throw out principle. We need to keep principles in place. There are principles that we need to practice. I'm just saying it needs to be secondary to the presence because sometimes principle can get in the way of presence and we miss the benefits that come by uh, uh, you know, really being presence driven in our leadership. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in a second, but principle, principle driven leadership in essence can be what I would call spiritual law motivated, discipline generated, and more logic oriented. Now, let me just give you an example of what I mean by what I would call spiritual law motivated. You know, we have spiritual laws. We we can read the scripture. We see there are many spiritual laws that uh, that we see in scripture. And and you don't even have to read the scripture to know some of these spiritual laws. But for example, you reap what you sow. That is a law. It's a spiritual law that God has established since the beginning of time. It's it's really the principle of of harvest in a sense. It's you know seed time. And harvest. There's seed, there's time, and then there's harvest. You will reap from what you sow. If you sow apple seeds, you're going to reap uh, an apple tree, which will give you apples. So we, we understand that there are principles that will not change that uh, are, are just there. In scripture, we also see stuff like that's similar, you know, to receive, you have to give. To be first, you have to be last. In other words, humility always wins. These are spiritual laws. These are spiritual principles that we are called to live by. But here's the thing. Without the right motivation, you may find fruit in living by these principles, but not the type of fruit that God wants for us. Ultimately, there is the um, most beneficial way of living that God wants us to live. And there is a permissible way of living. And those both are great. And they both produce a level of result. But I want the most beneficial. I want the best. I know all of the listeners that are listening, you all want the best. You want to live your best life. Well, the reality of what I'm talking about here is is it's motivation. What's motivating you to live by principle? Is it you're being spirit-led? It's, is it presence-driven? Or is it just simply doing the everyday? You're just kind of doing the routine, hoping to get the, the better fruit by doing the same thing. Well, one of the definitions of insanity 
is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. The reality of it is a lot of us are are wanting a new result or um, a greater result, but we're doing the same thing the way that we've always done it. We're living simply by principle. And like I said, although that is good, it is not always the best. So really, it's the difference between success and significance. God measures his people in the weight of significance, where the world will measure humanity from the vantage point of of success. There are two, you know, these two are a world apart. Most often success to the world means followers, money, financial freedom, stuff, whereas God looks for significance, generosity, leaving a legacy to be remembered, sacrifice, impact on humanity, healthy family life, healthy marriages that affect the generations to come. These are things that God looks at and defines as significance. So although spiritual laws work, principally speaking, they work better when presence drives them. In in Acts chapter 3, for example, Jesus walked up into the temple all the time, each day, okay? And he would have passed by the guy that we see in Acts 3, the lame beggar sitting at the gate of beautiful. This guy sat there day in and day out begging for, for money, begging for help. And Jesus probably passed by him. In fact, it's guaranteed that he passed by this guy and didn't heal him. Principally speaking, Jesus, as the healer, could have, should have healed this lame beggar. But it wasn't until Acts chapter 3, Jesus is dead and gone. He's resurrected. Peter and John are walking up into the temple to pray as they normally would. And they see this guy and the guy's begging for money. And they look at him and say, you know, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. So what happened in this context was there was a presence driven leadership decision that was motivating Peter and John. Obviously, Jesus didn't have that motivation. Well, he was the son of God. Why wouldn't he have that motivation? We don't know. But what we do know to be true, I mentioned it earlier in John 5, 19, Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own initiative. I can only do what I see my father doing. So it's very easy for us to say, even theologically, that Jesus did not see his father healing the lame beggar in the time that Jesus would have been walking up and down those steps, going into the temple to pray. But It was for an appointed time that John and Peter would walk up that temple, uh, the temple steps one day, and that they would be the ones that would initiate that miracle. You see, John and Peter in that moment were operating in supernatural leadership, not just principle alone, but supernatural leadership. And so just to give you a little bit more of an example. So principally, Jesus should have healed him, but the presence of the father uh, uh, had led him otherwise. And as I mentioned, John 5, 19 is a good verse to always reference just to understand the way that Jesus operated. I also mentioned in uh, uh, principle-driven leadership, I also mentioned um, discipline generated and logic-oriented. We can discipline ourselves to live out and walk out certain principles of spiritual life. And really, we totally should. But discipline alone is always trumped by God's interruptions. Sometimes in our disciplinary habits, we can push back God when he tries to interrupt us. I mean, just look at the life of Jesus. He was, he modeled this for us. He was interrupted frequently. He, you know, he should have eaten uh, at times when he was hungry, but yet he fed 
other people because he was moved with compassion. He was presence driven in the leadership decision to, to not stop and principally I got to feed myself. Principally I have to go to the bathroom. Principally I should probably leave right now. They've had enough. No, he kept going because he was driven by the presence of God. He only did what he saw his father doing. And so in moments that he or we would often you know, live by principle, you know, we are called to live by presence. And in those moments, often we are interrupted. Uh, Jesus in John chapter four was interrupted by a Samaritan woman at the well. Now we could argue, was he really interrupted? You know, if he only did what he saw his father doing, maybe he saw this happening. Whatever the case may be, to the eyes of the people, it was an interruption. It wasn't something he was supposed to do. It wasn't really on his way. Um, in that time, Jewish the Jewish culture did not um, mingle with the Samaritans, with the Gentile community. And so here Jesus is sitting with an adulterer at a well, ministering to her. Let's call that a divine interruption. We know this is another example of Jesus being presence-driven and not just principle-driven and, and letting the culture lead him every step of the way. So we know Jesus was was presence driven. Obviously, our logic, as I said, are you know it's also logic oriented. Our logic may be right at times, um, and it may even be God's wisdom at times. But often, what makes the most sense to God makes no sense to us. When we are so in our head, it's hard to hear the leading of His Spirit in our lives. In other words, logic says you have a hundred dollars in your bank, and so you can only afford to give, let's say, ten dollars to the homeless guy on the street to buy him a sandwich. But presence-driven leadership might say to you, you know what, Sean, um, I want you to give that whole $100. I want you to bless this guy's socks off. I want you to give really out of the place of what you need. You, you don't have really $100 to give. I mean, that's all you have. So technically speaking, logically speaking, if you were logically oriented in that moment, you would not give everything because then you'd have nothing left. But sometimes... When it's presence-driven, God asks us to do things that make no sense to our logic. They don't, it, it doesn't, it sounds foolish. And and like I said, often what makes the most sense to God makes no sense to us. I remember one time I was in Florida and we had a rental car and the rental car, we had parked it on a, on a, on a road that, uh, and honestly, I don't remember even seeing a sign that said you, you couldn't park it and it got towed. When we, we got back to the car, it was gone found out that it was towed and and uh, we went to the we found out where it was towed to went to the 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 place that it was towed to and they said it was going to cost 136 dollars to get the car back now and they'd only take cash i literally had uh my pulled my wallet out and i didn't think i had the money and i opened my wallet and i literally had 136 dollars to the penny in my wallet. So I was like, wow, thank thank you, God. Like we had just enough. And really that was the last part of our money that we were gonna use for our trip because it was the last day of our trip in Florida. And uh, it was the last part of our money that, that we had left over, last part of our budget. And so I gave it all to the uh, place that had the car, got the car back. That night we we were in, went to a church meeting, conference meeting. And uh, during worship, uh, we were just, you know, just loving on Jesus. It was an awesome time. And somebody walked up to me and gave me a $20 bill and said, I just feel to sew this into you. And so I said, wow, thank you so much. And so when the offering time came, 
um, and they were taking up an offering. I really felt that God wanted us to give um, give into the offering. All I had was a 20 because remember the $136 that I had had, it was gone, paid to get the rental car back. And so I really felt that, that God wanted us to give the $20. And so we gave the $20 into the offering. At the end of this uh, conference night, a couple uh, that I that I had known from a different city were there in the conference and came up to me and said, Sean, we'd, we'd love to uh, just talk to you for a second. And they said to us, hey, we're leaving. We're leaving soon and we just, we want to bless you. And they, they gave us um, all the money they had in their wallet. And it was exactly $136 to the dollar. And then they pulled out after that, after about, you know, 30 seconds, 40 seconds of talking after that and us being blown away that it was exactly $136. They said, oh yeah, also here's an extra 20 for breakfast. So not only did I get the $136 back that we had sewn or basically sewn in to get our rental car back, but we also got the 20 that was given to us that we gave in the offering. And uh, what you what I didn't say was that, you know, prior to all this happening, after we got our rental car back, my wife and I, Michelle, we prayed and said, God, like, you know, we made a mistake. We didn't see the sign. Give us grace. You know, we're asking for mercy, you know, somehow make a way for us to get this money back. And so this was an answer to prayer. And it didn't just stop there. It it continued on. And by the end of the night, another couple came up to us and gave us, I think it was over $300 American just to bless us. And so the principle is this really it's not really a principle-oriented story. It's a presence-driven story. We could have, by principle, said, you know, we lost $136. We were given 20. Let's keep the 20. You know, it's a sign of God's provision. But we decided to give it. We were presence-driven in our behavior, presence-driven in our action. And that action brought a reaction from heaven. And not only did we get all the money back, we got more. It did something. It activated something. This is what happens when you are motivated and driven by presence rather than just principle. So it's very, very important we understand this. Matthew 19, verse 26, Jesus looked hard at them and said, no chance at all if you think you could pull it off yourself, but every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. In other words, you can do things principally speaking, you can do things in your own effort, and you know, it may work, but there are just some things that will not work. There's just no chance at all that you can do this yourself. There has to be the right motivation behind what you do. Again, I'm not saying principle is bad, but what I'm saying is let's make presence the lead and principle the associate. This partnership will truly prove to be one that lasts and allows you to live your best, most significant life on this earth. So today's activation, take some time to ask God to reveal to you the areas where principle is center and not presence. Maybe you already know, maybe you don't. In either case, write them down. Number two, take one new active step towards being a presence-driven leader this week, whether it's in the family, at your job, or with friends. Small steps have the power for big impact. Now let's just review our first episode uh, points. So we remember, presence-driven leadership is spirit-motivated, awareness-generated, and truth-oriented. Principle-driven leadership can be what I would call spiritual law-motivated, discipline-generated, and logic-oriented. We can only rely on principles to the degree we understand the purpose of the presence. This applies when it comes to advancing his kingdom on the earth. To understand the value, we have to pray for a true yearning desire and passion for his presence. I quoted 
uh, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, uh, pioneering uh, pioneer in the aviation space, poet, writer. He says, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to gather wood, divide the work, and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. Let the motivation be right. When the motivation is right, the doing is right. As we go deeper into the life of supernatural leadership, my prayer for you is that you get a new passion for his presence. So this concludes our first episode of the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I am super excited to go deeper with you in the next episode. And uh, we're going after a super God living it out in a natural way. And I would encourage you, Uh, please leave a review. I know it's just the first one, but uh, we want to start engaging as many people as possible. Share it on social media. Let people know. It's going to be an amazing journey. We're going to grow together, and uh, I'm looking forward to connecting and hearing from you in the future. God bless you for now. We'll see you next time.